What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Playoff podcast solo edition today. I um, want to break down what was again another compelling game and what has been so far, I think, a pretty compelling World Series. I, obviously, we have a no hitter, and how do you get more compelling than having a World Series no hitter, considering that there's only been two of those ever? Um, but as a series as a whole, it's amazing what a difference a couple of day makes. Philly destroys Houston. 7-0 in game three, takes a two-to-one lead, two more games in Philly. Things are looking good for the Phillies. And here we are as the series heads back to Houston with the Astros again in a little bit of control. A little bit. Phillies obviously only need to win two games out of two. That's not an impossible task. But but last night's game does feel like, like one where it was both a game that I feel like we expected Houston to win, but the way they did it, I do think if you're the Phillies, you you feel a little bit like that one got away a little bit because for a game that had Justin Verlander still at the top of his uh, ability versus Noah Syndergaard, who is not the Noah Syndergaard that we used to know pre-injuries, it, it felt like that this game went to the middle innings. And if you're the if you're the Phillies, you're just shaking your head going, how did we not take more advantage of the opportunities that we had? But but the key thing, there are two things that I did think that really stand out about last night's game. And we've talked about it on the podcast throughout the postseason about defense. And a lot of the time this, this postseason, the Phillies' defense has not caused issues, even though it's not a great defense. But I do feel like that yesterday was an example of where those slight differences in defense do become magnified. If you look around the diamond, I, I really kind of think that that catcher is the only position where the Phillies are clearly superior 
everywhere else across the diamond, I think you'd just say advantage Astros, advantage Astros, advantage Astros. And last night, I think that especially the difference, sometimes it's easy to think that first base is the position where you just put someone because it's first base. But we saw last night the difference, kind of one of the, the crucial differences in that game is what happened at first base. Because we have a situation where Reese Hoskins, who let's just be, I don't care how charitable you want to be, Reese Hoskins is not a great first baseman defensively. And and you had a situation in the eighth where balls hit to Hoskins. He can't field it cleanly. He still gets the out. It's not an error. But if he feels that ball cleanly, Jose Altuve, who had come down the line as a base runner should, but he's basically reading the first baseman. Do I go home or do I go back to third? And if Hoskins fields it cleanly, he can both get that out and keep Altuve at third, most likely. He can't field it cleanly. Altuve scores. Well, then you flip to the bottom of the eighth and Kyle Schwarber hits a ball that I would argue is a much tougher play. Uh, and Trey Mancini just into the game to replace uh, Yuli Gurriel, who got knocked on the head and that rundown, which was actually a pretty good to play defensively by the Phillies. But Mancini makes an outstanding play, gets gets the Phillies out of the inning in, in a situation where Bryson Stott is scoring, obviously, uh, if, if Mancini doesn't make that play. That's, it's a one-run game. That's the difference. And then the other thing that you have to say, there, it was not equivalent plays. I'd say that, uh, that the ball that Jose Altuve hit in the first, that Brandon Marsh couldn't field, was a tougher play. But Brandon Marsh not only can't field that ball, but botches it a little bit. Altuve goes to third on the air. And then you go to the ninth inning, and Chaz McCormick makes a catch that he will remember and Astros fans will remember for the rest of their lives, which is JT Realmuto hits a ball that, man, sure felt like it was going to be a double. And instead, it's an out. And that's that's really the last great opportunity for the Phillies in a in a 3-2 game. So you, you got to give credit to the Astros for making the plays. You got to give credit... Again, the Phillies haven't been brutal defensively in this series, but it's on these these fine margins that World Series can be decided. And and on that fine margin, the Phillies are better defensively at first base, whether it's Trey Mancini or Yuli Gurriel, than the Phillies are with Reese Hoskins. And last night, that, that did make a difference. And you look at this going forward, and again, I do wonder if we will see another uh, situation in game six, or if there's a game seven where defense plays uh, a role in, in, in this, in this series, a key role in this series. And that's, again, that's one where I do think that the Astros do have a, a significant advantage. I do want to talk about another interesting part of the Astros roster construction and advantage that it gives them, but we'll do that right after a quick break. And we're back. So the other thing I did want to touch on that I find fascinating about the Astros, the Astros, I, I if, if you've been watching the postseason, if you're watching this series, you probably have noticed how good the Astros bullpen has been. The Astros bullpen has been exceptional the entirety of this postseason. 
the Astros do not have a reliever this postseason, not this World Series, this postseason with an ERA above two. They have five relievers who have not allowed an earned run the entirety of this postseason. They are a team that when they hand it to the bullpen time after time in this postseason, they have been able to shut down lineups inning after inning after inning. Obviously, that played a key role in them getting here. You remember the Mariners-Astros game. But the thing that I also find fascinating and maybe is a little more subtle that you may not have noticed is how the Astros construct their bullpen. Year after year after year in the postseason, the Astros, even before there was the three-batter rule, the Astros have never really worried during the entirety of their this, this what, five, six-year postseason runs that they've had. They've never worried about having left-handed situational relievers. In fact, that I would actually say that they are generally almost opposed to having, to significantly using left-handed situational relievers. In 2017, the only lefty reliever they had who pitched in the postseason for them was Francisco Lariano, who barely pitched. In 2018, they had Tony Sipp, barely pitched. In 2019, they didn't have a left-handed reliever on their roster. They did have Brooks Raley and Blake Taylor, 2020 and 2021, who just were regular members of their bullpen. But then you look at them this year, they, again, there's not been an inning thrown. They don't have a, a left-handed reliever on the, on the roster. And they have not had a left-handed reliever on the roster. So one would think with that, you look at this Phillies team. Obviously, this Phillies team has some top-tier left-handed hitters. And you would say, okay, so that would seem to be an advantage for the Phillies. You would, But if you look at it, how the Astros construct their roster is they work very hard, and I would say very intentionally, to make sure that they have right-handed relievers who are as accomplished or even more accomplished in getting out lefties than they are right-handers. And so what it means is, is that when Ryan Presley comes into the game, he really doesn't care if it's a lefty or a righty who's going to the plate because Ryan Presley has been better against left-handed hitters than right-handed hitters for his career. But really, if you think about how his arsenal works, it's not a giant platoon advantage kind of guy. Like he's, he's gonna, with that breaking ball, he's good against both. Rafael Montero, who's become a key member of this uh, Astros bullpen. Basically, he's the same pitcher versus lefties and righties for the entirety of his career. Brian Abreu, key member of the bullpen now, is better against lefties than he is against righties. So I, I really do think that this is, and again, you go back to this is kind of true in 17, 18, 19 as well. What it does for the, the Astros is it, by finding relievers who are equally accomplished against both by finding relievers whose arsenals are capable of handling going against both. It really does kind of give them an advantage in this postseason because there's really, there's no pinch hitting decisions. I, I again, we know we come, there's swing planes and all now that play a factor in these things as well. It's not just lefty righty, but I do think that even now it still is, it is something where you want to avoid particularly unfavorable matchups in the bullpen. You you really, what you're trying to avoid more than anything is that matchup where it's like, okay, this is exactly what the, 
the team at the bat wants. This is the matchup that they were playing to get. And obviously the Astros have a lot of really good relievers, which is a great place to start. But out of that, they have these relievers who you don't really look at it and say, oh, if we bring in a, you know, a, a left-handed hitter or, or we bring in a right-handed hitter to face them, there's no advantage to be had. There's no, okay, we've managed to game the scenario to get us into right into the situation that we want. They just have reliever after reliever who is like, put a right-hander in the box, put a left-handed hitter in the box. Don't care. Put a switch hitter in the box. Don't care. Our stuff plays against both. Overall, this postseason, left-handed hitters are hitting 115, 164, 198 against this Astros bullpen. That's going to, uh, if the Astros do win one more game and, and win this World Series, I, I think you look at that and say that's one of the massive advantages. And to Especially, again, when you look at the teams that they've faced, <laughs> this is a, a team with, you know, with Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber who've been crucial in this series. But against the Astros' pen, no one has really been hitting, uh, no lefty has really been hitting them all postseason so far. And that'll be something to watch for, I think, in, in game six and game seven as well. We have the off day today, and then we have two more games at most left in the 2022 Major League season. We have Wheeler going up against Fromber, Zach Wheeler versus Fromber Valdez in game six. And obviously the Phillies playing for their season on the line. Zach Wheeler is a pretty good guy to have on the mound for that. At the same time, Framber Valdez has been so good, has been so dominating this postseason. At best, that's a push. At best, that's a push for the Phillies. It's heading back to Houston. Obviously, you'd rather be in Houston's situation right now than the than the Phillies. But at the same time, it's been a compelling World Series. I, as a fan of baseball, I'm rooting for Game 7 because Game 7 to World Series are great. Um, but at the same time, I do think that so far, if you're a fan of baseball, it's hard to be disappointed in this, uh, in this postseason, especially in this world series. We haven't, not every game has come down to the wire, but we've had a lot of notable moments. And I, I think that last night we had another one, which I think that Chaz McCormick catch will be remembered for, for quite a while. It wasn't a game saving catch. It would have given the Phillies a great opportunity, but it wasn't like that, that was, you know, that turned a game as far as, oh, okay, the winning run or the tying run would have scored on it. But it is one of those where you have that, you have the Mancini play and you have, I probably should touch on that. We do have Justin Verlander getting a, a, a world series win for the first time in a game where he didn't pitch all that. He wasn't all that sharp, but he did kind of gut it out. And I always do think that we, we get into the small sample size uh, theater when we talk about why is this pitcher, Clayton Kershaw, or why is Justin Verlander, or whoever, not as good in the postseason as they're in the regular season. It, we are generally talking about quite small sample sizes. and it, But it, if, if, again, as you care about uh, baseball and you care about great players, it is good to see one of the greatest pitchers of the 21st century get a world win. So we will be back to... Talk about the World Series champion on Monday, whoever it is, uh, Phillies or Astros, on the next Baseball America Playoff podcast. So long, everybody.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.